coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Um, we are in smack dab in the middle of a pretty jam-packed sports weekend. Um, yes. The United States soccer team play Canada here in a bit, as well as the ASC championship um, that are going to be going on co-currently. So that is at the fun. same time. Thanks. Thanks to the Canadians for making those happen at the same exact time, um, which is uh, super lit. Yeah. Things are moving quickly um, and things are moving quickly at the University of Louisville um, for various things, whether it be football recruiting or coaching search or, or just athletics in general. And that's why we want to give yep. a brief podcast, something that we typically don't do a Sunday podcast for 30 minutes. But we thought we'd hop on here for a little bit, and talk about what we're hearing, what's going on. And uh, I think that's what me and Gabe want to do here. Yeah, definitely. No, you know, no cold open. You guys are just going right into it, going hearing it. Um, it's been, um, you know, we, we record, I want to thank everyone for, for listening to the two pods. We had quite a bit of uh, reaction. I think it's been our best like week ever. Um, we, we hit like well above our average for uh, listens for both of the two podcasts we did this week. So um, just wanted to, you know, update you guys with where we are, what we've heard, what's new. Um, I'll, I'll let Chris, you, you start, you, you're the one who tends to have more of the, the inside scoops and the, uh, and the sources and stuff. So, so what are you hearing right now on the Louisville job search? It sounds like there's um, bits of motion and that, that, that you, you kind of clue us in on. I mean, all signs are pretty much squarely pointing towards Kenny Payne at this point. Um, there are different people around the university that cover the university that have reported different things to a varying degree. I know, the Jeremy from Cardinal sports zone said that there may be an interview today, something to that effect. Um, that's not really something that I could confirm, but that is out there. Um, there are people, you know, that work behind some of the paid boards that are reporting various degrees of right. little interaction with him. But what I'm saying, what I'm hearing directly is that there has been a lot of push within the university from powerful people to, you know, go ahead and give the job to Kenny Payne, mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, guys like Gina Bringman or, or others. Um, there are folks that have been pushing their weight around that kind of want to get this done. This is definitely an alumni driven thing. And I, and I think they're, they're eventually going to kind of have their way here. I think that, you know, as fastly and quickly as this stuff is moving, I don't know how much longer this may even be a search. Um, it's really, it's like, that's kind of the next question that people ask, yeah. you know, but it's really tough to figure that out. But at some point you got to think if, if they've zoned in on Kenny Payne and he is the guy and you know, they're interviewing him, then this thing could be wrapped up in a week, two weeks, maybe even um, maybe being a little liberal with that line of thinking, but it seems like there would be limited obstacles for that not to happen. Yeah, it does. It does really appear. I, I kind of mentioned 
you know, this is someone they're like, you know, is it your thoughts? Is it the vibes? Is it the, is it actual scuttlebutt is it actual facts? And I feel like it's all of the above. It's, um, you, yeah. know, you mentioned, you mentioned junior Bridgman. Um, I, I think it was, is Mike Rutherford to mention his podcast, a couple, I think like two, two or earlier this week, not, not, not the most recent one. Um, if you guys listen to that, that, you know, junior Bridgman is, uh, it, it, when he puts his public weight behind something, it matters. He's not the guy who kind of just flings that around. He's, he's not, uh, any of the other kind of, uh, outspoken, um, Louisville basketball alumni He's a very measured man. So when he puts his weight behind something, um, that means a lot to not just, uh, you know, not just the other kind of basketball alumni, but a lot of people kind of in power and, you know, he's, you know, a very, uh, you know, very successful man who's, um, got a lot of power at this university. So I, I think that when I've heard his name as someone attached to kind of this campaign, um, to get Kenny Payne and, you know, in the, in the role, that means everything to me. And it really, and only, go ahead. Not only him pushing his weight around within the university, but talking to people privately, yep. uh, kind of getting that information circling around because if he wasn't talking to people, exactly. I know personally wouldn't have any of this information. Um, I, I can't speak to others, but you're exactly right. Him being kind of at the forefront of this puts a lot more substance behind it for sure. Yeah, it definitely, um, it definitely means a lot. You know, I, I, I obviously it's, it's, we're closest to that being the situation. I don't know. It, it, I think the next question is what does the actual athletics you know, what does Josh Hurd want? What does the, the trustees want in terms of a process? Like you said, if, if there's all of this momentum outside of the you know, inner workings of athletics in terms of the alumni and the trustees and the, and the people who kind of financially support the university, um, how does that translate to actually inside the actual search process? Um, you know, there's been it seemed there, there hasn't been as much said about the, what the actual search will look like for the, for the actual basketball coach, as opposed to the AD search. We've been told time and time again by people at UofL that it's going to be an actual search. They're going to have a search firm. They're going to do all that stuff. They've not really said that for a basketball coach You're kind of evaluating everything we got from Josh Hurd, um, who I don't think we actually had a pod since he's come out and spoken, I thought did a fantastic job in his uh, press conference. So it's going to be super interesting. I think that's what I'm going to be looking for in the next couple of weeks. I've also just like anecdotally, Chris kind of heard, you know, um, that there still is, might be interest from other people. I've heard the name Mick Cronin a few times. If, yeah. if, if it doesn't work out with Kenny Payne um, also, you know, it does less anecdotally. It seems like Musselman could, you know, could still be maybe interested, but he's kind of still in the throes of his season, of course, like, like Cronin. Um, yeah. I think Musselman and maybe more of kind of like conjuncture because folks know that he is typically been a type of guy that's interested in different jobs. Yeah. He's a known like within college basketball realms as a job humber. So like people job jumper, I said job, <laughs> um, but job. Jumper. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so I think people are taking that and, and maybe saying, you know, the Louisville job's open. Why wouldn't he be interested? That's fine. Uh, yeah. If that, that's your reasoning, I, th that's perfect logic behind that. Um, but I do think, you know, it is really tough to kind of measure and handicap the, the timeline of this because we just don't know any, we're not really familiar with any of the people making the decisions. I mean, Josh Erd's never really made a, de a decision on a hire 
we don't know if the desire is to have a nationwide coaching search or is it going to be like with Chris Mack where you had the guy? Yeah, yeah. You may reportedly have interviewed other people, but they were never seriously candidates. Um, is it that type of situation? Exactly. Or is this, you know, we're going to interview Kenny Payne. Um, he's just going to be the first interview and we're going to go forward. But what we're hearing both directly and, you know, kind of indirectly is that there's full momentum and all signs right now are pointing to one person and that, and that's Kenny Payne for sure. It's, it's super interesting. Um, and I think, I think a few other things have been telling, you know, you tweeted it out where, uh, where, uh, Tom Thibodeau, like specifically mentioned that Kenny Payne was interested and that he wants the job. I think that's a huge kind of check box or a box checked there. You know, we, we have the actual thing, uh, you know, the confirmation on that route. I don't, I don't see Tibbs as, as a person who would say that if he didn't know for sure. Um, another, uh, you know, uh, kind of, just like, and this is me just thinking out loud. It really does seem like the all-star break is kind of a natural kind of resting point for a lot of this motion to happen. You know, yeah. I, I feel like we're going to like know Kenny Payne's full intentions by that all-star break, which is in a couple of weeks. And we're going to have an opportunity. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if Kenny Payne's in town to interview. I've heard that report from, from, from Jeremy. And then, you know, seen some people who are respected on the boards who are quote unquote insiders say that that's, not the case. Um, yeah, people are saying that it's, you know, he, he, he's in town, um, to, to see his son <laughs> who <laughs> plays University of Kentucky basketball team. So there's a lot of different stuff out there, but you know, the, the Knicks do play a game tomorrow. Um, right. so I don't know with his job capacity, if he's required to be at every game or, or kind of how that works, but it would be kind of funny if Kenny Payne's not on the the New York Nick bench tomorrow. That would be um, <laughs> that would probably tell you a lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> Even if it meant nothing, it would definitely be just hilarious um, for for a lot of different reasons. But you know, keeping my feelings on the the coach out of it, I do feel like I would love to see this process as expedited as possible as much as possible. Um, because you want, you want the situation, especially with Kenny Payne, because the assistants he hires are going to be so important. I feel you do want the situation where this is wrapped up, you know, definitely by final four weekend, but ideally kind of before the NCAA tournament. So you can start getting those conversations going the moment that schools that may have a, a guy on staff are eliminated from the NCAA tournament. You can start talking to them and you can start rolling on that. You can get recruiting going a lot of the different things. So I, I hope this situation, you know, doesn't drag on deep into February or late into February. I would like this, this to be wrapped up if it is going to be a hire that is not currently with a school. I, I completely agree. I found it super, it's kind of another thing that kind of, you know, not necessarily like a substantive observation or kind of tidbit, but I found it super interesting that we got the picture with Nolan Smith and his son and Milt and, uh, and Scooter McRae and, uh, Valentine, Robbie Valentine. Um, that might mean nothing. They, they, they were all obviously friends with Derek Smith, but it just was like, just the timing of that was super interesting. I would fully expect that, um, that Kenny Payne would try to bring, you know, Nolan Smith on board, um, in a staff, you know, he's supposed sure. to, he's going to be the, the number two guy at Duke next season. And that would just be an absolute coup. Um, but and that could be nothing, but it just, it, it felt, it felt so smoky to me. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's fun to look at that stuff right now where everything is going to be overanalyzed. Of course. Coach. 
what we're going to do. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking yesterday when I'm at the um, for Louisville Duke, just how many notable faces were in the crowd. And, you right. know, that could be just playing Louisville Duke, but, you know, I'm breaking my neck looking around and saying, you know, there goes that guy, there goes that guy. Like, there were a lot of people that have a lot of weight at the University of Louisville um, at the game yesterday. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. You know, things like that get you wondering for sure. It does. It does sort of feel like um, there's a sense that I think Kenny Payne is a unity candidate, um, which doesn't mean he's, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I do think that some of the conversation about Kenny Payne's credentials is valid. I think some of it has become straw manish in, in a way, like, like just as an example, like, if you're using um, if you're using Penny Hardaway as a reason to like invalidate Kenny Payne's candidacy, like that's just a straw man. Like Kenny, like Kenny Payne's been in basketball for thirty, like at much higher levels of basketball than Penny Hardaway ever was before taking this job for thirty years. So, like, just please, like, if you're going to use an example like that, use Patrick Ewing. That's a fair and, example. You know, I, I know the natural argument to, to do this, and, and generally this is how we hire coaches, and we're going to always continue to do, to do this, is to look back on the historical context to either validate or you know take away from our opinion. But again, every situation is different. I, as, as someone who handicaps basketball games or handicaps football games or things like that, I, I don't look at trends a lot because to me that doesn't mean a lot. Every situation. <laughs> so unique. There are a lot of external factors going on. And at some point you have to take a little bit of that, a grain, grain of salt, uh, approach to it. I have the reservations like everyone else does. Kenny Payne as a coach, but at the same time, I can look at the situation and say, there are a lot of smart basketball minds that have the best interests of Louisville in front of them. And I have to kind of consider what they're saying and, and, and trust them in a sense. I have thought a lot about how Louisville can be in a spot here where obviously this is a very, very significant hire, but if it doesn't work out, they can kind of put it into this fracture one way or another. Exactly. I mean, if it works out, that's what we all want. We want a home run hire. We want this thing to, to take off and be what it can be. But if it doesn't work again, that fracture one way or another, it's gone. Completely agree. And, and I, I like not to say that, not to say that that matters more than, I don't know, like but it, it, a lot. it's just a layup. It's just it, it, like, that's like in terms of, you know, healing some of the wounds, which I, I think this fan base has really struggled with lately. And, um, you know, I, I think that, I, I, you know, getting act, you know, someone who's, we've talked about getting a recruiter first, getting a person that's, that's uh, prepared for 2022 college basketball, not necessarily 2016 or 2009 college basketball. I think that means a lot to, to us, Chris. And there's no question that he would do that. We, we both have said we would want hundred percent of Phil Martelli type um, like, like what Juwan Howard has and Phil Martelli to, to join as an assistant, someone who has a lot of pure X's and O's experience. Um, you know, cause I can't know. So I, people ask me like, Oh, well, what kind of offense does Kenny Payne run? I, I don't know. I don't know what you, I'm sorry. I don't have the answer to that question. That's the negative. Um, so he would need that a hundred percent. And I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't have that plan or, or someone in mind um, for sure. I mean, you, you could make a wild suggestion and say, it's probably going to be something like a dribble drive offense. That, that's a rain at Kentucky. <laughs> that's what he worked in a lot. I mean, that's the forefront of what they do. Um, 
there's a UPS plane flying in the background. So this is an extremely Louisville podcast right now. You can probably hear that. Maybe I can't, I can't hear but, it. All right. Well, that's, that's a little disappointing, but they're out there. Um, that that's funny. Maybe that's Kenny Payne overhead. I don't know. Could be. Uh, we get, we only want to go about 15 more minutes. We want to watch football. We want to watch soccer. We want to do it. <laughs> um, let's uh, a few minutes on Louisville Duke yesterday. Yes. Chris, Crowd you were there. Crack. What was the vibe? What was the vibe? It was electric. It was good uh, for a, a big part of it. Even in that first half run, it was a nervous energy. Um, mm-hmm. Almost a sense of how are they going to fuck this up and not even make this competitive game. But once Louisville continued to make plays down the stretch, with the exception of the last, you know, four or five minutes, it was all out cheering and, and happiness. And, and it felt, you know, kind of owed again, if it was only fleeting. It was there. Um, so that was exciting. I did not lose the, like losing the game the way Lova lost. I thought a little bit. They got caught up in the moment, allowed a few bad plays to kind of, you know, ruin, yeah. ruin the situation. Yeah, it kind of got in their head the last few minutes because there were some bad calls, but there were really bad calls on Duke, too. It, it was both ways. I thought the officiating yesterday was atrocious. Completely agree. But – yeah, it was it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, I had a, I had a good buddy suggest the uh, that they were super reminded of the 2012 Final Four game that you have that LLS tying the game, and then kind of everything kind of a good point. falls apart from there in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't like yes, Louisville. How many times did they like not grab the ball or get you know give up offensive rebounds? But I never really, I, I, I still struggle to believe that Louisville like gave that game away. I think, yeah. I, I think Duke really, they proved they're a top 10 team. They really dominate AJ Griffin. Like Jesus Christ, the kid was lights fucking out and, yeah. and his shots were well contested. I, I, I've joked a lot about how poorly Louisville guards on the perimeter this, this year. I really think they did a great job kind of anecdotally. I'd have to go back and look at the stats of what was contested, uncontested, but actually a lot of uncontested shots shots like Joey Baker was like really off and he had several wide open threes that he bricked. Um, I don't think that really burned Louisville um, yesterday. And um, I was really, really encouraged by some of the fight. Sidney Curry, L Ellis, um, Dre Davis. Good God. What a game from Dre Davis. Um, Even Malik Williams. I thought he struggled in some sections, but I think he, he showed some toughness in others. Um, It's funny because the entire section around me, was complaining about Malik because he did have some moments there where it was like, what the fuck are you doing Malik? But then you look up and there's like 11 minutes of the game and he has nine points and nine boards. You can't really get too mad at him. Um, I, I get it. I understand. I, I think a majority of the fan base is just kind of ready for his career at the university of Louisville to end. And I, you know, I'd like to be a little bit more kinder than that, but I do think there is something to be said for someone that's given so much to the program um, and, and to be thankful, uh, hopefully in this last month for Malik's contributions to the program, because he's obviously gave a lot. I hope that we can, he can have, you know, his flowers in a, in a big time moment down the stretch here, because you, you do wonder now going forward so much energy exerted yesterday um, and, you know, a tough finish uh, to the stretch. You wonder how you overcome that and you don't want it to just torpedo now. Um, right. You know, the, the final record for this team may not mean a lot on paper, but I think it means a lot going forward for what these, what the players that you do want to keep around do. You want to end the season on some positivity. You'll want to go to the ACC tournament, you know, go crazy, maybe win a few games, maybe 
get a chance to dream big there at the end, mm-hmm. but you got to keep some positive energy going forward somehow. Yeah. Louisville has lost three of the last seven, Chris, unfortunately they play, it doesn't get any easier. Well, it gets a little easier with, with North Carolina on Tuesday night, a game that they're only given a 33% chance of winning by Ken Palm. Um, after that, you know, it, it, it gets kind of, kind of better. They're only predicted to win one more game or, you know, over 50% chance of win one more game. And that's Virginia at home, which I would not give them the chance to win (laughs) because of the vibes. I don't know. Like just, just the, how they play against Virginia. I feel like that's never like in hand. Yeah. It doesn't get much easier. It, it really doesn't. They don't have, they, they don't really have, and I guess Clemson's like the only is probably the easiest home game. I think they have for the rest of the year, the road games are all going to be super tough. Um, so it's going to, well, I guess, you know, Syracuse is, is, is not playing that well, but you know, how, how they are against Syracuse on the road. Um, so it, it is going to be interesting, Chris, are they going to, you know, how many could they pull off, you know, three or four wins, or are they going to, you know, kind of stumble into one or two for the rest of the season? Um, I, I don't see a ton of wins on this schedule. I would be pleasantly surprised I, when you play a game like Duke and, and like, you kind of just show out like that, there always is a, a drop down. I would not be surprised if kind of North Carolina, doesn't really, you know, puts around with them on, on Tuesday. Um, it, that, that wouldn't shock me in the slightest and, you know, we'll, we'll see, but just seeing the, the heart that they had, you know, I saw Sidney Curry apparently kind of broke down and cried after he left the floor, you know, had, had the patented coach K conversation, which I don't know if was a positive or a negative yeah. <laughs> given the performance on the court. Uh, I have a feeling it might've been positive if he kind of left the floor right after that and was emotional. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it'll be super interesting, interesting to see. They say they're, they say they're not going to give up. They're bought, bought in, but uh, the, there's not a lot of, there's, not really a layup game for them to kind of get themselves on track still it's hard to be bought consistently stay as bought in as you'd like to when you're consistently losing it's just really hard to do that yeah so um i you know i, I hope it happens most definitely we'll we'll see um I, I i'm sure they'll win one or two i think you know there's not there's only four more home games left it's kind of crazy um yeah. the season is 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 going to wrap up much quicker than we expected to i think um let's uh you know let's close this out we said we we wanted to be a a, a quick show close us out. We would be remiss if we did not talk about the other big weekend um, in Louisville. And that's the recruiting weekend for the football team. Um, Pretty crazy stuff kind of all happening at the same time. You know, you were joking all on Twitter. What, what a year, what an off season Scott Satterfield is having. Um, (laughs) Just absolutely perfect stuff from him. Um, any any thoughts kind of on that broadly before we kind of talk directly about like the players, Pierce Carson stuff? No, man. It just right now, Scott Satterfield is in the vortex of success and he can't make a wrong move. I, I hope it translates to what happens on the actual football field and, you know, in some way of wins and losses. But every decision or pretty much every direction has gone Scott Satterfield's way since the bowl game, everything that ideally would, would kind of help and get momentum behind the football program with the exception of honestly, like making the guy they hired for co-defensive coordinator, like the guy, um, I think every decision has been the right one. 
<laughs> it's worked out for Satterfield. We are what we are and how we we've viewed him and how we kind of continue to view him. We need to see it on the field, but there is real momentum. There's, there's positive momentum for sure right now. It's um, it's, it's super interesting. Uh, we, you know, we, we have this, uh, this agreement from Pierce Clarkson or this commitment from Pierce Clarkson comes out what Thursday of last week, um, which involved 13 billboards around the city. Um, you know, so if you, if you said that you missed them, you're lying about it. You hundred percent saw one um, that goes out to no one in particular. Um, you know, so it seems like what I, I I actually don't have the article pulled up that he did with uh who's was Pete, Pete, Pete Tamil yeah yeah on ESPN that I would 100% recommend you uh, go and read but some the, the the money quote for me was with his dad um, who of course works for uh, you know is like a quarterback development whisperer type dude uh, but has like a contract with Adidas and like he's like a, a, a an employee for Adidas, but not really. I didn't really understand. He's a man of many. He, <laughs> a man of many talents, a renaissance man. Um, but the, you know, talked about the whole article talks about, you know, growing up watching Lamar Jackson, which like, that just makes me feel so good as a Louisville fan. It's like, finally, here we are. Um, this definitely is an NIL type thing. Um, you know, shout, you know, shout out Josh Hurd has, has said one of his immediate, um, you know, priorities was building an NIL department. It looks like they're kind of getting a lot done on that end uh, if this is going on. Um, and that's become a real kind of uh, positive thing. Uh, you know, being able to kind of own this city, it seems like is, is a, um, a big part of the decision. But his dad said, you know, we're married to Louisville. Um, that they, they're not going to, they're, you know, they are going to sign. It does, you know, I don't know, Scott Satterfield, I think his job is still not a hundred percent insecurity if you ask me. Um, but it does seem like, uh, the Clarkson family is married, uh, no matter what, which is just fascinating to me. And a real push within his high school, um, and the the people he knows to kind of make this a circumstance where this is a, What's the name of the high school again? Say, uh, John Bosco or yeah. Yeah. John Bosco, where this is a, a push to make this a consistent pipeline, which really is not something that has been established um, in any way, shape or form during the Scott Satterfield error from a recruiting standpoint. So to, to do that's huge. I mean, a lot of the, the success that Kentucky um, built, were was in Ohio and Southern Ohio and things like that. And even if it's just a high school in California, that's a huge, huge moment. That's a high school that has a lot of talented players. There are a lot of guys there um, with very high star ratings, very high accolades. So that's a big moment. I mean, this is, I, I don't want to undersell it because you're talking about maybe three or four commits, maybe more coming this week, this weekend alone or yeah. Monday. Well, there was a lot of guys on campus this week, obviously. Um, this is this is how you you get things going. I mean, this is Teddy Bridgewater, Eli Rogers, that whole pipeline that that brought so much success for Charlie Strong. This is what you want to see when you're trying to build something like that. Now, the results have to follow. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, if you're if you're hoping that um, if you're hoping that you know. You're a little more optimistic that thing goes things go better. I think you know you re- you're really really hoping for that, and it's super fa- it's just super fascinating to me the kind of um, I don't know just this kind of switch that flipped. I don't know. It's 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 crazy. Go ahead. Sorry, I, 
I think there are some Louisville fans that are like, this is a little too good to be true. It's I'm one of those, Chris. I'm one of those guys, Chris, a hundred percent. I'm one of those guys. This feels like it kind of came out of nowhere. I agree that NIL Louisville is uniquely set up to capitalize on NIL hundred percent agree with that. I'm struggling to believe especially what's happened in California college football. I mean, you, you, you're really going to tell me Lincoln Riley is going to let like literally the, one of the most iconic football high schools um, in California, like create a pipeline to Louisville. I just, I, I struggle to believe that that's going to be more than, than like, that's going to be a kind of a permanent thing. I'm struggling to believe that to be quite frank. Um, I'll, I'm not quite, I'll believe it when I see this kid sign on the dotted line about this with Clarkson. Um, but my preconceived notions about Scott Satterfield calling plays and being a general kind of football strat- uh, strategist are still in doubt. So I'm kind of wondering if this guy only wins four or five games next season, are we sure that these kids are going to be this hyped about coming here still? That's I'm struggling to believe that, you know? I don't have a direct answer for you. That's <laughs> things to ask. And only this is going to make some of the talking points in this off season. Um, very, very much more intriguing, probably a conversation that we're going to be having a little bit earlier than we wanted to given what's going on with the basketball side of things. So, yeah, but I think that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's sports stuff we want to watch. So. <laughs> we just wanted to have a quick check and we'll definitely bring any kind of new information to you guys soon. Um, and hoping, uh, you know, hoping there's, there's news on the horizon. I would expect there to be, I think we're going to get an idea of what the process is going to look like. I think we're going to know if it's moving quickly in the basketball coaching process, you know, very, very quickly, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. If we don't get an official word. I do think we may some point this week get to a position to where everyone and their mom knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So it'll be super interesting. Um, now here at Sunday at three o'clock. Most definitely. Most definitely. looks like, uh, Chris Mack showing off his, uh, his, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, hat. Oh. He's just tweeted it out. I don't know <laughs> if he's go. Is he going to the game? That might be a, shocked if he's not in the suite, right? Gotta he would be there by now. He's he's it's a picture of him in his car. So I don't think I don't think he's there. But okay. That's disappointing. Oh no, but that was 101. So huh. It could he could have been driving there. Interesting. All right. I think that's it for us. Thanks a lot, Chris, for hopping on for this quickly. We will definitely have another pod later this week, probably after the UNC game or any kind of updates. Uh thanks everyone for listening. Uh take care. Go cards. Mm-hmm.